a trusted voice of truth and light. God gave me a gift. I shovel well. I shovel very well. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. We've got a blind date with destiny. And it looks like she's ordered the lobster. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Well, hello there and welcome to the show. Ah, it is so good to be back after a, a three-day unintended hiatus. You know, I I hate how colds always go for the throat. And especially I hate when I have to sit back and and watch uh, various events unfold and think, "Oh my gosh, I want to be commenting on this or I want to I want to be exploring this." And uh, my voice is saying, "Nah, not today, bro. <laughs> you're going to be able, you're going to have to sit this one out and just uh, just be a a spectator." Okay, I can always type, but uh, that's it's not quite the same. Nonetheless, I'm glad that you're a part of my growing audience of wrong thinkers. And uh, when I say my audience, I don't mean that I own you because I don't. I, uh, I'm just one voice of many voices out there trying to make sense of it and, and, and understanding full well. I don't have all the answers to everything that's going on, but I'm sincerely trying to ask the right questions. And, and I tell you this up front because I'm going to be cutting against the grain today. I'm going to be swimming against the current and probably going a direction that uh, some will say, hey, there's no way. It's not my intent to make you upset. It's not my intent to pick a fight or tell you, you know, say, I know this and you don't and you're stupid. I'm just looking at some possibilities. And I'm going to start with one that is, I know this is on people's minds just because it's generating a fair amount of, of news coverage. And that is all these unidentified objects. Now, I probably should tell you up front, as a kid, my dad took me to see a, a documentary one time called The UFO Connection. And looking back on it now, it was a pretty well made, albeit a little bit creepy, you know, kind of little sci-fi documentary. What about UFOs? What if they are real? And You know, this is back in the 70s. They're, the only footage that existed was grainy home movie type stuff or photographs that, you know, could or maybe couldn't have been something. I think they talked a little bit about the Bermuda Triangle and did a flying saucer crash in Roswell, New Mexico. But as a kid, I was like, wow fascinating the idea that life from somewhere else some other planet you know extraterrestrial life might be coming to visit us i thought it was amazing i mean i i then i would go to the library i'd check out every book i could find on ufos i mean i i sincerely was one of those kids who was just like hey if aliens if you're out there if if you're coming to planet earth please please come to my neighborhood i really want to meet you guys <laughs> you know i i was very curious about it now, as I've grown older, I've had to wonder, how do these sightings of unidentified objects, how do they really kind of fit into the grand scheme of things? And I have to tell you, I really don't know. My worldview is primarily shaped by a belief in God and a belief that he created us and that I believe he also created other worlds, which means there probably is life out there. Almost certainly there's, there's intelligent life created by God elsewhere but i don't know how it would play into uh you know the purpose of our existence so when when you hear the u.s government starting to acknowledge well there's been you know unidentified objects spy balloons and things like this i mean that's pretty sensational stuff <clears throat> especially when you consider for how many years washington dc has denied the existence of any such thing and i think there's validity you know the to, to people who say well you know a lot of this may just be top secret 
you know, dark projects that, that are off the books that are being conducted, you know, with, with technology being developed or, or researched by our military. And I think that's probably pretty plausible. I don't know if a UFO crashed in, in Roswell, New Mexico or not, but we, we do have some pretty interesting technology at play, and I'm pretty sure the best of it is probably kept secret from us. Now, some of the video that you've seen, the, the tic-tac videos of, you know, the, the tic-tac-shaped object that, uh, uh, that Navy fighter jets were trying to follow that, you know, appeared to be able to, to turn on a dime and, and move at remarkable speeds and, you know, disappear into the ocean almost at will. Don't know how to explain that. But I'm skeptical. And not so much of the idea that uh, extraterrestrial life exists. I'm skeptical of anything that government is telling us. In fact, I, I was really happy to see this article um, from Edward. It was about Edward Snowden. Yes, the whistleblower from the NSA, the guy who is exiled right now in Russia because his own country, the U.S., took away his passport and actually is just waiting to get their hands on him so they can try him for treason, for revealing that uh, the NSA was spying on everybody. I still don't understand why people are so angry at Edward Snowden for pointing out the wrong that was being done to us by our own government. But there are a lot of people who just think, oh, well, you know, he, he betrayed his country. And I, no, I don't think he did. I think he tried to warn his country that its government was betraying us. But that's, that's just my opinion. This is what I mean when I say I'm swimming against the current for, for some people. But I thought it was very interesting that Edward Snowden, in, in talking about this media frenzy over spy balloons and unidentified flying objects over North America, says this is engineered panic for political misdirection. Now, to me, that makes sense. Snowden said this on Monday. He said, it's not aliens. He says, I wish it were aliens, but it's not aliens. It's just the old <clears throat> engineered panic. An attractive nuisance ensuring that national security reporters get assigned to investigate balloon BS rather than budgets or bombings such as the Nord Stream. Now, again, this is going to touch on kind of a nerve for some people, but award-winning investigative journalist Seymour Hirsch published a story last week describing how the U.S., and Norway blew up the pipelines transporting nat Russian natural gas to Germany back in September. Now, the U.S. government denounced it as false, which for some people, well, see, the government denounced that it had anything to do with that. So there you have it. It's official. <laughs> Whatever the government said, why, that, that must be true. But apparently he connects the dots, Hirsch, Seymour Hirsch, connects the dots well enough that even China said, hey, we want some answers as to uh, the bombing of that pipeline. And it was right after that that uh, suddenly we started getting reports of objects in the sky over North America and the U.S. military starting to shoot them down. And it is a wonderful distraction. How many people are talking about UFOs versus how many people are going, really? Do you think the U.S. government would, would be reckless enough to blow up a Russian natural gas pipeline, not just affecting Russia, but affecting all of Europe? with the energy and the natural gas that they were depending on. Maybe I'm just being conspiracy-minded. It's possible. I could be totally wrong on this. But that is, uh, that's a pretty big distraction to turn to UFOs and to try to keep the heat off questions. You notice nobody in the mainstream press, nobody is touching this. 
And, and to understand why, you, you have to understand in part the national security state that exists. I think Eisenhower called it the military-industrial complex has a great deal of influence and control over not only what the U.S. government does, but actually within the press. Operation Mockingbird. You should really take a closer look at that sometime. And you will learn that the CIA, among others, has, has placed journalists or has actually fed information to journalists and continues to do so. Well, unnamed sources said, uh, sources close to the White House said this, you know, always anonymous, just a, it's a nudge in the right direction, you know, so to speak, to, to keep us looking in a direction that the national security state wants us looking. But as to, uh, well, who would I trust more, you know, the, the national security state or Edward Snowden cooling his heels over there in Russia? By the way, against his will, that wasn't his first choice. He was kind of left without a choice, but I would I would trust Snowden over the national security state any day. If for no other reason, he actually had the gumption to warn the rest of us about what the national security state is doing, including how it views us as threats. Pretty crazy stuff. So I'm not telling you you have to think this, you know, about uh, these unidentified objects, but, you know, if, if you're wondering what is going on, I would encourage you maintain that healthy sense of skepticism and, and don't just immediately buy into the idea that, oh my gosh, this is it. They're finally going to come clean about the fact that we've made contact with aliens and, you know, now there are certain aliens among us. And I know there's a lot of sensational movies and TVs out, TV shows out there. And, and trust me, I enjoy a good story. I enjoy a good movie. But I also am very, very conscious of the idea that there's manipulation taking place. Manipulation of our thinking, manipulation of our perceptions of what is reality and what isn't. And all I'm suggesting is this is a time to be skeptical. It's a time to be careful. And, and if need be, it may be a time to step back and unplug from the news media matrix and simply go on about your life, you know, without worrying about what all this other stuff is. Chances are, look, as interesting as it is that, uh, hey, they shot down a Chinese balloon, because it wasn't really floating above me, I'm not spending a whole lot of time worrying about it. If they're shooting down other objects, that's fine. But there are other things that also matter that are actually much closer to home. i got to make sure I'm paying close attention to those two. Otherwise, they may fall into neglect. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. And we are back. Hey, i got to take a moment here. i got to mention my sponsors. These are the folks who help to make this program possible. They include MonticelloCollege.org, LifesavingFood.com, also Borelli.com, and TMCP Nation. That's the Modern Conservative Podcast Nation.com. That's my friend John Harvey. By the way, he's going to join me tomorrow on the show. I'm excited to introduce you to him if you haven't heard of him already. What a great guy. He is He's one of the clearest, most unapologetic voices for freedom that I know. And it is, it is such an honor to be his friend. And specifically, I'm pointing you toward his TMCP Nation website because 
he has some of the coolest swag. I mean, look, for the, not everybody likes to wear it on their sleeve, literally. If you look, I love freedom. I love my country. But if you do, I think you'll find a lot of really neat stuff. Hats, shirts, and other stuff that uh, lets you make your statement in a very tasteful and bold way. And he has, you know, he has some real good incentives, too, to, uh, to purchase his merchandise. So please, check it out if you are interested. And for... For certain, tune in tomorrow, and you'll get a chance to meet John for yourself. All right, let's uh, let's talk for a moment here about uh, uh, let's talk about politicized police beating down the doors of religious citizens. That sounds like something out of the former Soviet Union, kind of does to me. But it also is something that's happening here in America. Got a great article here from Stephen Whitney. This is from uh, IntellectualTakeout.org. FBI targets traditional Catholics. Stephen Whitney says the Federal Bureau of Investigation recently disavowed a report from its Richmond field office attempting to link traditional Catholicism to so-called white supremacy. Whoa, that's a bit of a stretch. FBI headquarters provided the following statement to the Washington Examiner on Thursday, quote, While our standard practice is not to comment on specific intelligence projects, products, rather, this particular field office product, disseminated only within the FBI regarding racially or ethnically motivated politi- or violent extremism, rather, does not meet the exacting standards of the FBI. Upon learning of the document, FBI headquarters quickly began taking action to remove the document from FBI systems and conduct a review of the basis for the document. The FBI is committed to sound analytic tradecraft and to investigating and preventing acts of violence and other crimes while upholding the constitutional rights of all Americans and will never conduct investigative activities or open an investigation based solely on First Amendment protected activity. End quote. I'm sorry, there's slight whiff of BS to this, but while we should be glad that the FBI distanced itself from this memo, this particular memo, that's no cause for celebration, says Stephen Whitney. He says the FBI has been ruthlessly weaponized against conservatives. The Bureau only disavowed the document in question because it leaked and outrage ensued. Now, the report uh, leaked by Undercover DC on Wednesday reveals the troubling degree to which the federal law enforcement is preoccupied with investigating anyone right of center. In fact, here's a quote from the report. The report says... FBI Richmond assesses the increasingly observed interest of radically or ethnically motivated violent extremists, that's RMVEs, in radical traditionalist Catholic or RTC ideology, almost certainly presents opportunities for threat mitigation through the exploration of new avenues for tripwire and source development. I know that's kind of a nice, uh, nice uh, bureaucratese word salad, but the FBI is listing areas of common ground between ethnically motivated violent extremists and radical traditionalist Catholics as their opinions on legislation or judicial decisions in areas like abortion rights, immigration, affirmative action, or LGBTQ protections. Now, these categories could include anyone opposed to CRT and open borders. And in the FBI's view, the best way to combat these radical traditionalist Catholics is by developing sources, in other words, informants, So, in other words, the FBI wants to infiltrate your local Latin mass. How's that for absurd? The report continues. FBI Richmond makes this assessment with high confidence based on FBI investigations, local law enforcement agency reporting, and liaison reporting with varying degrees of corroboration and access. 
Now, the fact that the FBI's Richmond field office felt this assessment was conducted with high confidence is curious. If it were so confident, why did the National FBI headquarters distance itself from the report? Maybe National FBI leadership just didn't see the report, and they would have nixed it had they seen it, but only saw it after the report was leaked. Stephen Whitney says, we may never know, but he says, I remain personally skeptical of this possibility. He says, as I see it, FBI Richmond was conducting business as usual and was indeed confident that its report was up to standards. He says, I believe that had the report in question not leaked, the FBI would have proceeded with this policy, putting informants into Catholic circles to keep an eye on those radical Catholics. Why? Because it's fully in line with the FBI's track record in recent years. The weaponization of the FBI against conservatives and Christians shouldn't come as a surprise. Examples of this weaponization abound, but perhaps the most glaring was the Bureau's treatment of pro-life activist Mark Hook. Or Hauk, excuse me. Mark Hauk, who serves as president of the Kingsmen, that's a Catholic men's group, was arrested by FBI agents in September of 2022 for allegedly violating the Freedom of Access to Clinics Entrance, Clinic Entrances Act, otherwise known as the FACE Act. This is the law that forbids one from interfering with people on their way to obtain or provide reproductive health services. Abortion, right? So, Hauk's alleged violation of the FACE Act stems from a year-old incident in which Hauk shoved an abortion clinic escort after the man refused to stay away from the pro-life activist's 12-year-old son. In truth, what he was doing was screaming obscenities into the boy's face. He pushed the, Hauk pushed this guy away from his son. Well, according to Ryan Marie, who's Mark's wife, an FBI SWAT team with about 25 agents and 15 vehicles swarmed their home at 7.05 a.m. and with weapons drawn, started pounding on the door and yelling for us to open it. As you can imagine, the ordeal terrified Hauk's family, including his seven children. And although the FBI has defended its actions during the raid and denied some of the Hauk's description of the event, a federal jury thankfully found Mark Hauk not guilty. He plans to sue the FBI And Stephen Whitney says, I hope he wins. So with the Hauk family's ordeal in mind, can we be certain that the FBI distanced itself from the much-criticized memo because it was out of line with the agency's policies and values? The more likely explanation is that the leak created a PR crisis for the FBI, hence the disavowal. Now that such a powerful law enforcement agency views Christians, of all people, as threats to national security is extremely concerning. For this reason, we should be especially grateful that the whistleblower chose to leak the memo, God bless him. It's no joke. We live in crazy times. And as as paranoid as it may sound, part of the craziness is there is becoming very official antipathy towards religion. Now, there has been, you know, in any totalitarian society that you look at, those in power always have targeted religion, religion. And one of the reasons that they do that, first and foremost, it's one of the first things they do. Burn the churches, lock the churches, forbid worship of God. Because in a totalitarian system, you cannot have a competing moral authority. That's the hallmark of totalitarianism. There is only one version of what is right and what is wrong, and it's whatever whoever's in charge is saying. How long have we been groomed to believe that the highest moral authority is, you know, whatever the Supreme Court says or whatever the government says or whatever the law says, as opposed to a higher source of authority like like God 
or scripture. I mean, it seems pretty plain to me. If you want to have a society of good, moral people who understand right from wrong and are capable of self-governance, religion is a wonderful influence in terms of teaching them right from wrong and teaching them that kind of responsibility. But if you're not so concerned with, uh, you know, having people who are capable of self-governance, by all means, you want to govern them by external forces, and that means you have to have the final say on what is right and what is wrong. Just notice that whatever government says is right sometimes would be very deadly wrong for you or I to do. Robbing people, depriving them of their freedom, etc. It doesn't become righteous just because government gives itself permission to do so. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. And just like that, we are back. If you haven't subscribed to my show notes, here's the good news. Even on those days when I am unable to to produce a show, in other words, like when my voice takes leave, I still produce my show notes and I will publish them just so you have some interesting reading material or some things to consider that might shed a little bit brighter light on some of the things happening around us. And so I, I would encourage you, if you want to subscribe, go to my website, thebrianhideshow.com. All you have to do is uh, just click the subscribe button, give me your email. That's it. I'm not going to spam you. I won't be sending you endless offers that you simply can't refuse. I won't be checking in on you to make sure you know that your car's extended warranty is still good. Nope. Just on the days that, uh, that I, well, even on the days that I don't necessarily voice a show, I will sit down and gather the best information I can find of different things that are going on. And some, some of it may be, you know, just for fun, but I'll send it right to your email inbox and you can uh, check it out at your leisure. Okay. I'm going to step onto the thin ice here for a minute in that. uh, I know this is, this is a very touchy subject for some people, but I'm sure you've heard the phrase died suddenly. It's actually a trending phrase on, on Twitter. and, And if you see hashtag died suddenly, you'll see that uh, there are a lot of people that are sharing this, and they're sharing stories of people who have dropped dead inexplicably. We're talking young people, generally healthy people, sometimes professional athletes. And yet uh, there's a lot of pushback that's starting to build against this. Um, I noticed uh, there was an AP story that KSL down at Salt Lake had picked up and shared just a couple of weeks ago about how, well, these, these died suddenly claims, you know, they just try to politicize tragedies and it's just a terrible thing and it's like they don't want us asking questions they're trying to discourage us from asking hey why is it that we are seeing so many people dying suddenly and of course you know the the implication is well they're trying to tie it to uh, the uh, covid vaccinations but if you look back at uh, the the ex- inexplicable rise in unexplained deaths particularly between you know in in the working ages 18 to roughly 60 years old you know those those numbers are not lying the insurance actuaries are showing there's a, a very unusual number of people that are dying or suffering other you know uh, life altering cardiac problems including myocarditis and and pericarditis I think we deserve an honest reckoning. Got an article here from Dr. Brian C. Jundef. Dr. Jundef is an MD, 
This was published on AmericanThinker.com, and it's, it's titled, So Many People Recently Died Suddenly. What's going on? Dr. Jundef says a new and increasingly popular Twitter hashtag is hashtag died suddenly in response to a surge of sudden unexplained deaths among mostly young and healthy individuals, including athletes, occurring over the past two years. And he shares a few stories just to kind of illustrate this. In Australia, the headline, fit and healthy 21-year-old son dies suddenly in his sleep. Here's one from the University of Arizona. A recent member of Arizona's men's swim team has unexpectedly passed away. In Detroit, a high school basketball player suffered cardiac arrest during a basketball game. When they restarted, while they restarted his heart, he hasn't woken up. Or this athlete in his early 20s. A former Florida Gators offensive lineman died suddenly on Thursday night, according to multiple media reports. From the U.S. Army, a soldier stationed at Fort Stewart died Tuesday while traveling to California for a training exercise. Now, Dr. Jundef asks, is this some kind of black magic? Not likely. America's Got Talent magician dies suddenly at just 52. And, of course, let's not forget Buffalo Bills player Damar Hamlin going into cardiac arrest after an unremarkable tackle during a January NFL game. By the way, I don't know if you saw this. He was interviewed recently, and he's on his way to recovery. But someone asked him, so let's talk about the reason that your heart started. And he looked really uncomfortable and said, I'd rather not go there. Isn't that interesting? I mean, that's a very legitimate question. Why, why did your heart stop? What have doctors been able to tell you? He won't talk about it. And that prompted some people to say, hey, how big was the check that Pfizer cut him? You know, <laughs> and, I, and that may seem out of bounds, but I think that's also an appropriate question. Is, is he being told to hush up? Was he paid to hush up? You do have to wonder. Also, Dr. Jundef says several brave researchers recorded these sudden and unexplained deaths as they're described in the media. In fact, he links to one report which says an investigation of official statistics has found that the number of athletes who have died since the beginning of 2021 has risen exponentially compared to the yearly number of deaths of athletes between 1966 and 2004. These are the, the deaths that were recorded between 66 and 2004. Now, Dr. Jundef says this trend was quite worrisome, so much so that the monthly average number of deaths between January of 2021 and April 2022 is 1,700% higher than the monthly average between 1966 and 2004. So Dr. Jundef asks, where are the three-letter health agencies? Why haven't the FDA, NIH, or CDC offered their own information? their own data, to refute this alleged increase in sudden deaths. If this is all misinformation, as big tech and corporate media describes it, the health agencies should be able to easily disprove it, rather than calling on social media giants to censor or ban anything contrary to their safe and effective mantra. Big medicine and the media attempt to play this all off as normal, but average Americans are noticing, and they're understandably concerned. Since when is it normal? for high school and college athletes to have heart attacks and blood clots, often fatal. Why are these daily news stories now compared to years ago when one might hear of only a few cases a few per year, typically attributed to a previously undiagnosed congenital heart defect? Why are these deaths frequently unexplained or leaving doctors mystified? Dr. Jundiff says America has the best medical care in the world, 
and, if, and few medical maladies remain unexplained in 2023, other than the recent surge in sudden deaths among the young and healthy. Are people noticing? Well, Rasmussen reports asked Americans what they think about all this in a national televo- telephone and online survey of 1,000 adult Americans published one month ago. Four questions were asked. Have you received a COVID-19 vaccination? How likely is it that side effects of COVID-19 vaccines have caused a significant number of unexplained deaths? Do you personally know anyone whose death you think may have been caused by side effects of COVID-19 vaccines? And finally, which is closer to your belief that there are legitimate reasons to be concerned about the safety of COVID-19 vaccines or that people who worry about vaccine safety are spreading conspiracy theories? So, how did they answer these questions? Well, 71% of those surveyed were vaccinated, comparable to the national average. Virtually half of respondents don't believe the disinformation mantra propagated by fact-checkers, mainstream media, and the government. 49% of American adults believe it's likely that side effects of COVID-19 vaccines have caused a significant number of unexplained deaths, including 28% who say it's very likely. Furthermore, 28% of adults say they personally know someone whose death they think might have been caused by the side effects of COVID-19 vaccines. And 48% of Americans believe there are legitimate reasons to be concerned about the safety of COVID-19 vaccines. Now, I don't know if you've seen the 2022 film, Died Suddenly. It does reinforce those concerns, despite critics describing the movie as baseless, propaganda, pseudoscience. Maybe it is, maybe not. If this is all nonsense, Dr. Jundef says, it should be as easy to disprove as it would be to dispel the notion that the sun orbits the earth rather than vice versa. So why doesn't the CDC do a simple analysis, as Steve Kirsch has suggested, linking death and vaccination records? Kirsch has even offered a 10 times return on a bet anyone wants to make with him disproving his analysis or conclusions. Any takers? Dr. Jundef says since COVID-19 began three years ago, Trust in medical authorities has declined. According to Pew Research, 29% of U.S. adults say they have a great deal of confidence in medical scientists to act in the best interest of the public. That's down from 40% in November of 2020. Much of what we've been told over the past few years has turned out to be false. A recent Cleveland Clinic study found that more vaccine doses led to a lighter a greater likelihood, rather, of getting COVID-19, or a Cochrane analysis concluding the masks in the community made little to no difference in COVID-19 infections or deaths. Why weren't we told otherwise by authoritative doctors in white coats? Challenges to the approved party line were met with threats to one's medical license, job, or reputation. So, someday there will be another public health emergency, and it would behoove health authorities to set the record straight, either proving their assertions or admitting they were wrong and thoughtfully analyzing why. Otherwise, they'll have little future credibility, much like the little boy who cried wolf. So says Dr. Brian C. Jundef, who is a physician as well as a writer. Got a topic, too, that we could follow up on at another point, and that is, uh, do you realize that uh, there was a, a program, a system implemented in April of 2022 and adopted fully just last month by doctors and clinics all over the country to track the unvaccinated or those who aren't up to date on their boosters, the COVID boosters. Why on earth would they do that? Why are they tracking those who haven't had the jab? Inquiring minds like mine want to know. This is The Brian Hyde Show. 
This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm sorry, it's kind of heavy topics today. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to put you into a, a funk by what I'm sharing, but I definitely have got a few things that have crossed my radar screen that I'm, I'm scratching my head and thinking, I want to explore this a little bit. So I'm asking you to, to at least consider it, you know, let's not wallow in it, but let's, let's consider some of the things that, that are going on. Here's an article that uh, has me asking, what is happening to our children? I picked this one up off of AmericanGreatness.com. The CDC says there's a 60% increase in high school girls contemplating suicide. On Monday, the Centers for Disease Control published a report revealing that the rate of high school-aged girls in the U.S. considering suicide or going through depression has increased dramatically over the last 10 years. As reported by Fox News, the study shows that in 2021, 57% of all high school girls felt depressed or hopeless in 2021. That compares to just 36% just 10 years earlier in 2011. This marks a staggering 58% increase over the 10-year period. Similarly, 30% of girls in 2021 contemplated suicide, a 60% increase from just 19% in 2011. And in another 60% increase, 24% of high school girls went so far as to make plans for their own suicide in 2021, up from 15% in 2011. Now, the numbers are similarly grim for high schoolers of both genders. In 2021, 42% of overall high school students went through depression or hopelessness, with 22% considering suicide, 18% making suicide plans, and 10% actually attempting suicide. As we saw in the 10 years prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, mental health among students overall continues to worsen, with more than 40% of high school students feeling so sad or hopeless that they could not engage in their regular activities for at least two weeks during the previous year, a possible indication of the experience of depressive symptoms, the CDC said in its summary of the report. We also saw significant increases in the percentage of youth who, were, who seriously considered suicide, made a suicide plan, and attempted suicide. Unfortunately, almost all indicators of health and well-being in this report, including protective sexual behaviors like condom use, sexually, sexually transmitted disease testing, and HIV testing, experiences of violence, mental health, and suicidal thoughts and behaviors worsened significantly. In addition, the CDC reported that most teenagers feel less connected at school than they did just 10 years ago, with the rise of social media being one possible reason for the increased disconnect, as well as the lockdowns and isolation during the Chinese coronavirus pandemic. Fox News' Mark Siegel said, I think social media has a lot to do with this. The key is connectivity. Parents being more involved, a lot of communication, after-school activities, school being involved, that's all correct. We're in trouble with teen girls. Now, this was an article by Eric Lendrum, again, on American Greatness or AmGreatness.com. And I'm not, I'm not sharing this to, to cause alarm, but I'm sharing this because I know from personal experience, this is a very real problem. I know that, uh, you know, I live in a fairly rural area of southern Idaho, and I'm aware of at least three teen suicides just within the last few months, as well as numerous other people being treated for severe depression, suicidal ideation, and so forth. 
What's going on there? It's interesting, too, the, the slant that has come out in response to this, this CDC report as well. You know, I think it was the AP that, that had a headline about how, why the pandemic has caused, you know, mental health problems for teen girls. It wasn't the pandemic. It was the pandemic response. Meaning, that's something that we could prevent. That kind of a major overreaction shutting down and ruining people's lives in the name of, hey, we're just trying to keep them safe, when it did nothing to keep them safe. Everybody still ended up getting the virus. And thankfully, most everybody recovered. 99.7% survival rate, I mean, you know, that's not bad. But so much was taken from us in the name of, well, we have to keep you safe. But it didn't work. So, if you have a, a young person in your life child, grandchild, niece, nephew, neighbor, pay attention. Ask how they're doing. And don't just take their answer at face value. I mean, like, be aware. Be alert. And if you need to, be a source of strength and and encouragement for them. Because there are a lot more young people, particularly teen girls, that are treading deep water right now. And uh, it's, it's a very serious problem. All right, sorry, I'm, I'm not trying to bring people down, but I hope you understand how deeply I feel that this is, this is something that, that deserves our attention. One last story here, and this, I, I wish this was a more uplifting one, but it just seems like our government right now is intent on steering us into a head-on collision with Russia. And yes, I mean militarily. Got an article here from Dr. Ron Paul, How We Can Stop the Coming War with Russia. He says, 20 years ago this spring, the U.S. government was finally successful in lying us into war with Iraq. Administration after administration had sanctioned and bombed and even invaded the country. But finally, 20 years ago, the Bush administration unleashed shock and awe to flatten a country that did not and could not threaten the United States. After eight years of battle in Iraq, perhaps as many as a million innocent people died either directly or indirectly from Washington's aggression. No one was brought before a tribunal over the lies and destruction. No one even apologized. Washington's puppet of the day, Ahmed Chalabi, brushed off the lies about Iraq's weapons of mass destruction by proclaiming that the war promoters were heroes in error. I guess that's a fancy way of saying, whoops, they got their regime, regime change and that's all they really cared about. The propaganda machine pushing the Iraq war seemed overwhelming at the time. At that time, several fellow members of Congress began to open communication across party lines to look for a way to stop the war. Ron Paul says from conservatives like the late Representative Walter Jones and Representative Don Duncan, John Duncan rather, to progressives like Representative Dennis Kucinich and Representative Jim McGovern and so many more, he says we began to organize and strategize. And he said one tool that we used to our advantage was the idea of an improbable coalition of left and right uniting to oppose the war. Now, the media may not have been interested in our anti-war views, but they could not help themselves when presented with this man-bites-dog story. Time and again, this unlikely group held press conferences, introduced various legislative tools, and communicated behind the scenes to try and grow the movement against the Iraq war. Unfortunately, with the 2008 election of Barack Obama, who ran as an anti-war candidate, but then launched numerous military attacks abroad, that old coalition fell apart. 
Some progressives excused Obama's militarism and lost interest in cooperating with conservatives. Some conservatives were driven by their personal dislike of Obama and lost sight of the target. Suddenly, as we once face the as we face rather the once unimaginable prospect of a direct military conflict with nuclear armed Russia over Ukraine, a beyond left right coalition is emerging from its long slumber. He says this Sunday, February 19th, a broad and very diverse group will assemble in Washington, D.C. at the Lincoln Memorial to denounce Washington's sleepwalking into World War III. The Rage Against the War Machine rally promises to be the first large-scale rally against Washington's aggressive war lobby in many years. And Ron Paul says, I'm looking forward to sharing the stage with my good friends and former House colleagues Dennis Kucinich and Tulsi Gabbard, as well as my good friend and fellow libertarian Judge Andrew Napolitano and so many more speakers from a broad political spectrum. He says, many of us have watched with alarm as the Biden administration, with the enthusiastic backing of many congressional Republicans, has continuously escalated involvement in the Russia-Ukraine conflict and now sits dangerously close to a direct hot war with the largest nuclear superpower on Earth. How did we get here? Where are the sane voices and cooler heads? Ron Paul says, just when it seemed they were nowhere to be found, here we are. And he says, I hope as many people as possible will join us and come together and continue to come together for this, for this important cause. We must join together while we still can. And he says, no war with Russia. You know, I, I know there are those who are thinking, Brian, you're being very unpatriotic, you know, to, to suggest that we shouldn't be prepared to go in there and thrash those Russians soundly. But one of the most painful lessons I've learned over the last couple of decades is that uh, my own government is more often than not the aggressor. And by that, I mean there is no moral high ground from which they are operating. And that I cannot support. I love my country enough to call my government out when it's wrong. And I think my government is dead wrong in what it's doing with Ukraine. I think it was dead wrong if it was, in fact, involved in blowing up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And I think it's dead wrong in trying to frog walk us into World War III. If that makes me a radical, well, then I'll wear that title proudly. This is The Brian Hyde Show.